G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. All right, welcome back to All Talk with Tom and Eddie from the Hello Sport podcast coming to you on SEN. Back for another week, back for another round of interviews. Uh, This one's a particularly special one uh, for me personally because it's my old man. It's my dad. Uh, the 12th man, Billy Birmingham, cricket comedian, comedian generally. We'd, uh, we've always wanted to, uh, to have him on. He's been a heavily requested guest. And now we get to hear from him. So here he is, Billy Birmingham, 12th man. Um, how's the new scooter? Fabulous. I feel like, well, just, I've got nice to feel the wind in the hair again. I realise it's in the head again, not the hair. Um, but I've been riding around... Like a kid in a candy store, it's just great. He um he's been going to like heaps of, you know, meetups with dudes trying to flog scooters and like bartering with them. And one guy was like not <laughs> budging on this price. And so Dad goes, "What if I show you photos of my granddaughters?" And just starts showing him photos of like Evie and Zoe as his background, trying to get him to bring the price down. And the guy's like, "He was just a, he was a lawyer. He was a lawyer, and he's about to go to his country property. So I thought, you know, he's he's not short of a quid, mm. and." I was, tried to knock him down 300 bucks. He said, no. I said, well, <laughs> come on, you know, your wife said she wants it out of the garage. <laughs> he said, no, no, I'm thinking I just got it registered. Come on, mate. I'll show you a photo of my granddaughter. <laughs> held up the phone. What did he say? I didn't crack a smile. Said, no, <laughs> no. Oh, that's, see, that's funny. Yeah, no, that's just, that's just, just, just a bloke thinking outside the box. Just before I came over here, mm. I saw an ad... A TV show. It was on Channel Nine, so it had my favourite voice doing it. You know, the block, the most exciting reveal ever. (laughs) The other night, the other day, Tom rang me. I was laughing. He said, "What are you laughing at?" I said, "I just made myself laugh doing my impersonation of the Channel Nine guy, who's an an old (laughs) giggling himself." I was was, was, was amusing myself. His name's Steve Britton, and. I had just done the longest ever that I've ever done. You know, the block, the most exciting reveal ever. And I amazed myself at how long I was able to hang on to it. And I started laughing. On to the ever. Yeah, ever. Just, yeah right. And, so, and I just really hung on to it and I just made myself laugh. And Tom Ring is, what are you doing? I said, I just made myself laugh doing the channel. Anyway, anyway he's all over the block at the moment it's just you know the most exciting backyard reveals ever <laughs> anyway he's doing this ad for over the years people have always talked about and comedians have made jokes about you don't want to think about your parents rooting you know <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's no, like you know no. people have made jokes about oh I don't want to yeah. there's a show oh. that Kate Langbrook's doing it's something like it's mum kids, and dad like kids putting their parents up for this show yeah. and then sitting back watching on TV, dads hooking up with, you know, so someone's put their mum up, someone's put uh, their mum up, someone's put their dad up, and then all these people are mixing and matching, trying to find... The one. The one. My yeah. mum, your dad. Jesus oh, Christ. My mum, your dad. How's he spinning that one? Yeah. Oh, jeez. You know, the the most, greatest route ever. Exactly. Fossil f- <laughs> so, can these wrinklies get a root? Um, I just thought, what a f- show. I mean, I suppose these days anything will f- 
winning. Yeah, there's no go. limit. So the fact that you know people always going, oh, no, you don't want to think about your mum and dad. <laughs> um, now they're making a f-ing TV show, and people are going, oh, all these girls are just going, oh, ah, <laughs> oh, no, it's like Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, oh hell, seriously. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport. Thanks to Neds. Take your betting to the Neds level and download the fully loaded Neds app today. But as always, gamble responsibly. Our guest this week is the twelfth man, Billy Birmingham. <laughs> I don't even know if I've if I know the answer to this, but you're talking about how shit TV is. Did you ever write TV shows? Did you ever have any ideas? Did you have an idea for a movie or something once, or is that? Uh, yes, made that up. We, two friends of mine, um, Paul Goodwin and Paul Mortimer, back in late eighties, we went a long way down the track of a doco on the Melbourne Cup. Really? And, um, and yeah, we spent, because we all had jobs, mm. uh, but we'd get together sort of, you know, once we'd all finished like 5, 36 o'clock, have a few beers. Um, <laughs> and Paul was the main writer, but we'd, we'd kick around ideas and had all these reference books about, you know, Archer, the first winner who walked from Nara down to Melbourne and all that. So all it was the, serious? All about, oh yeah, serious. Did you give a shit about horse racing? Or yeah. was it like, was it the, like, yeah. what was the, no, I was the a, in? Well, I was, I, was, I was a gambler. I wasn't a punter. Mm. So the excitement for me was having, you know, 10 each way on something that's 15, 20 to 1. Yeah. Not backing a 2 to 1 favourite. No, you've passed that on to your son. Yes. Um, so <clears throat> we would sit and work out sort of what the next chapter, should, next scene should be. And then Paul Mortimer, who was a very good writer, went away and wrote the actual words. And we were looking at Jack Thompson, uh, Brian Brown, you know, like some uh, big name, big, big name Aussie, to present it. And so we sent a limo down uh, to Brian's place. We spoke to his agent, said, you know, I've got this idea, want to yeah. know if he's interested. And we'd we'll send a limo down to pick him up and bring him over to the office. Is this when limos were like limos classy? Were limos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when limos yeah. were. Because they've gone off Limos the were a big deal. Limos aren't a big deal anymore, but limo, like, no. I, which is sad. Limos were a big deal. Brian was a big deal. And we <laughs> wanted to know whether whether he'd do it. I like that you said a limo. Because well, that was, it was classy. No, that is. Oh, yeah, it was. Bottle of champagne well, and a we, stripper in but there. But the thing is, if you're three nuff nuffs trying to get a, a, you know, a proper yeah, doco. Yeah, you got to. And it was a doco that included a lot of sort of reenactments too. It wasn't just someone talking and old footage. We were going to do some sort of reenactments of famous moments, backstories, things that really happened. Mm. So Brian um, came around and Paul's studio was actually in his his house. So it was like, you know, studio and then there was the lounge room. And Brian came in and he's always been a good guy. I've got to know him over the years since then, but he probably wouldn't even remember this. So he came in and he wanted some (laughs) cup of tea and some peanut butter toast. <laughs> I just never forget. It just seems weird, you know. What yeah, maybe sent the limo? Well, the limo. He didn't have time for brekkie or something. He right? said, "Hey, yeah, I had a cup of tea and got any peanut butter." <laughs> um, but uh, I can't honestly tell you why it didn't get up and running. I did speak to Paul Mortimer, the, the main writer, uh, recently, and I said, "You know, I can't remember why that thing faded away." Mm. Um, but it's still, it was still a, a great, a, a great story. Because there were so many stories about the Melbourne Cup. Mm. You know, so many f- yarns. 
Which uh, we are we are recording the day before the Melbourne Cup, just in case anyone is listening. Oh, are we allowed to tell that, are we? Well, it doesn't matter. People can know. Um, yes, we are. We're recording the day before the Melbourne Cup. And um, um, was that a, like a – how do you like – it's like financing shit like that in those times. Where, where were you at in your like – Brian Career would have then. been a big selling point for us to raise the money. But were you already working for EMI mm-hmm. record company? Okay, so you were at least in the world. No, sorry. Yeah, I had I had my company. So you'd already done Australiana? Yeah. Okay, right. So you'd already done some. Yeah, so I did, yeah, yeah, I'd done Australiana and um, maybe maybe the first twelfth man record, I can't remember. But, you know, Paul worked for an advertising agency, Paul Mortimer, and Paul Goodwin was a very successful radio producer. And um, they were punters. I was a gambler. They were punters. And just looking at research books on the Melbourne Cup, there were so many f-ing unbelievable things that happened mm. through the years, from jockeys and horse stories and tragedies and whatever. So um, it's still a great, it's still a great idea. Can't, as I said, I can't remember why it, it fell apart. But we, if we had Brian on board, that would have helped us go and get the. Money to do it? Yes. <laughs> You're a shy guy generally, which I, I think I like. In the like, you know, I feel like most people like are sort of shocked by that shit sometimes when they hear about it. Like, but in a what pub, shit? like that, like you know, because you're funny and you're uh, like, I guess, outgoing, presenting, but also like, you know, you don't like to necessarily. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, a lot of people can't public. believe that I don't like sort of doing you know, public performance and stuff. You know. Yeah. But. Jimmy Barnes rings me, and for some reason, he's just a hard guy to say no to. Don't know why, because uh, <laughs> I haven't done any, you know, speaking roles or whatever for ages. He said, "Listen, yeah, you know, my gardener, my, my builder, he's uh, he's the secretary of the uh, Robertson Cricket Club. <laughs> They're having their fiftieth anniversary." <laughs> and Jimmy said, oh, "I thought they wanted me to come and sing a f- song, but he said, you know, Billy, don't you?" And he said, "Yeah, said, do you reckon you can get him to?" So, a <laughs> guy rings me and I just so I've committed. I've committed on November twelfth. I'm going back to the Highlands, coming out of retirement, and I'm going to be the guest speaker slash interviewee mm. at the Robbo Robertson Bowling Club oh, for God. their fiftieth anniversary gala event. Gala event. <laughs> Look, I just you know I'm committed now. I just got to go down there and just crap on about how the does a guy make a living for 30 years doing this shit, you know? I mean, it's, I am, as Tom, I've said it, I'm enormously proud of the fact that somebody doing stuff as stupid as me, mm. you know, like taking the piss out of a sports coverage, can have seven consecutive number one albums on the ARIA charts up there with Midnight Oils, Cold Chisel, says <laughs> Kylie, Bono, U2. <laughs> I mean, where else in the world would that happen? It's nowhere. It's f-ing ridiculous. It is it's so good. It is. Are and you that's the not- only one that's had all number ones? Uh, the only Australian artist? N- I'm the only one who had consecutive until, and I used to tease Jimmy with it, Barnes, because <laughs> the most number ones for years was Farnham, Barnes, and me. Yeah. And uh, those guys, of course, were going to keep going, whereas I was, you know, and <laughs> I used to say to Jim. Um, you know, mine were seven consecutive, like every album I've done. Mm. And he had a couple in the middle of his career that, well, that, that didn't go to number one. <laughs> yeah. I just said, you know, if you only, if only hadn't f***ed up in those middle years, you know, <laughs> didn't put enough in there. You didn't give it enough. Um, 
And we used to take the piss out of each other. So, now those guys have... I mean, Jimmy certainly has surpassed... I mean, there's no but, ARIA charts anymore now. It was downloads and all that sort of shit, you know. Yeah, so but you are the... Own, but I thought you were <coughs> the only person to go number one with everything that they had released. Yes, yeah. I, I was... pretty cool. For many years, I was the only recording artist to have seven consecutive number one albums, mm. which just happened to be... All the albums and I did. And was there a year where you were the highest selling album of the year? Yeah, I got like, the album. Beat like Meatloaf. Yeah. Meatloaf presented me with the. Oh, you were number one in Australia. Yeah, but yeah. Like, that's what. But the biggest bands in the country yeah. were winning. Are winning every I mean, year. Are you the only comedian to ever do that? Yeah. Like I yeah. don't. Yeah. No, but it's just. It's just what. So, what album did you get but, most sales uh, for? Wide World of Sports Two. I mean, Love that and, one. And that was the. Uh, the the award that I want to win. I mean, best comedy album. Yeah. Uh, highest selling album of the year. You know, Crowded House, Kylie, all these heavyweights. So silly. All these rock royalty and um, Tina Arena and I can't <laughs> remember. Anyway, so Meatloaf, the meat was uh May he rest in peace as well. And Wide World of Sports 2 was written in Roman numerals. Yeah. So Meatloaf said, and the winner is... Wired World of Sports 11. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's had a good run. <laughs> do you ever do you ever think back and go, how lucky was I that you came up in like the zenith of CDs? Just like yeah. today, you, well, you I've can't. Got, I've said it, you know, so many times. Because you don't you know, do like you don't like like doing live, so it would have been well, hard to make Jimmy, a cross. Uh, Jimmy and uh, the NXS boys, the Oils. You know, we all had our. Uh, you know, Glory the height guys. of our careers when the CD was like, look at this great new little bit of technology, look at this, you know. And people thought it was so cool that twenty nine ninety five mm. for a CD seemed reasonable. Mm. Whereas, in fact, there was a lot of fat in that <laughs> that retail price <laughs> I've heard for everybody, yeah. you know, for the artists and whatever. Yeah. And, then, and Jimmy used to say, yeah, bastard, you don't have to divvy yours up amongst five people <laughs> yeah, you travel with a toothbrush um yeah because those guys all got full you know, like everything yeah, full yeah. gear on the road and there's five guys and a manager i never had a manager or no agent or anything so now we you know we've often talked about just the halcyon days of the cd being a new piece of technology mm. and uh you know the price that people were paying for it um they were they were good days <laughs> how'd the cassette go I sold more cassettes than I did uh, records in the start. You know, when it was when it was only on on LP and cassette, um, <laughs> I sold way more cassettes because blokes wanted to put it in their top pocket and take it around to their mates' place and whatever. Such play it in weird, the car. Such a weird. Oh, you play you'd it, walk around with it on you? Yeah, no. Yeah, well, but well, exactly. like you're taking a cassette. Yeah, yeah. Mates but place, but, yeah. but they they yeah. play it in the car away from the tender ears of mum. And the kids. And the number of kids whose first exposure to sort of, you know, high-quality swearing (laughs) uh, was was their dad letting them listen to the 12th man with a promise, don't tell your mother. You know, so they'd they'd be 12 or 13 and dad sort of thinks, oh, they love their cricket and stuff, you know, and they know Richie Beno, have a listen. So kids, a lot of of kids have said to me, the first... Fletch said to you, didn't he? He said, oh, yeah, it was he a, said like, well, all my brothers, they used to listen to this 12th man thing and oh, I just loved the swearing and I didn't appreciate the humour until I got a bit older. Well, that was me when I was young and even now, like, when I, I like, will hear stuff back and I'm like, holy <laughs> I didn't get the joke at all. Yeah. I just thought it was funny you were saying or, Yeah, you know. people, people, young kids bought my records just to hear Richie Benno say 
Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they admitted that. What was the one where you? Because didn't you have one where like that you weren't allowed? You had to have like a uh, a bleeped side and then a. No, I just did that because on a on a cassette, um, you could have you know like a full length album on both sides. So rather than and because my stuff was like a story, wasn't like tracks. Mm-hmm. So I put the whole story on one side unexpurgated, and then on the other side, I put the edited version so you can play it to your grandma or people yeah. who. And the funny thing about that was, I and a lot of people still talk to me about it. Once you know, Andrew G, who's now from Channel V, Osher, Andrew from Channel V, <laughs> he texted me the other day too. I hadn't spoken to him for yonks. Anyway, Andrew V from Channel G or Andrew G from Channel V remembered this. I took all of the swear words back in the days when you, you know these days you can do it digitally, but we had to get it on. Tape and literally razor blade out <laughs> all, the, all the things that were in there, and then and then you know, make the master make the master for the clean version. Yeah. And I said to Paul, "Can I? Can I have? Well, no, it was Froggy actually. Is it a Froggy? Can I have a listen to all of the um, edited bits? You know, just like join them all up. Yep. And it was just." It was just, <laughs> just all these swear words and things. That, in different inflections. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Sort of like. all, and um, so I, I thought, you know, people don't get up straight away to turn the cassette player off. So I, when, the, when the edited version finished, now the clean version with all the beeps in it, I let the, let the tape run for about 25 seconds. And then I come up with, the previous program originally contained material that some people may have found offensive. In order to maintain community standards, the producers decided to remove <laughs> and it was just his <laughs> people have gone to all the trouble of playing grandma the clean version. And then they're lying back, you know, oh, what do you think of that? And then twenty seconds later you get this barrage. And guys have told me over the years that they learned the shitting piss load. Like the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, actually learned <laughs> 30 second swear words edited together. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's good stuff. That's good. Listen to All Talk with Hello Sport coming to you on SEN and we are sitting down and chatting with cricket comedian Billy Birmingham slash my old man. I remember once hearing, I don't know if you told me or if Tom said that yeah, you were you were quite big in England, weren't you? But, oh, but, mate, they, just, but they've pirated you yeah. And I was Archie was just in a cab over in London at the mo- uh, like when he was over there to watch Bam Bam and he was in a cab yeah. and the guy was like, oh, f- I want to come out to Australia and meet the 12th man. And he yeah. was like, f- I know him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he starts rattling off all, the, buddy, rattling off all, the, all the names and stuff. That was great. Now, listen, <clears throat> when I did this little tour of the UK in 99, everyone, every radio station, yeah, because I didn't know, you know how much explanation I would have to give mm. to all these journos. Um, but would Richie, just for context, would Richie do stuff in the summer over there? Like, were they, were they yeah. aware who he was? Yeah, he was there yeah. when I was there. Yeah, yeah. That was when I met him. I saw him in the. F-ing, I was about to do Jonathan Agnew on the BBC mm. at the Oval, uh, my first interview. And um, and there was Richie over behind a pot plant on the phone to someone. But <laughs> everywhere I went, they all knew who I was and all pulled out the TDK cassette with handwritten 12th man on it. I was just 
absolutely blown away figuring, you know, if that's the media, what about all the cricket clubs and stuff mm. that, you know? So Were you on sale over there? Yeah, I went over, I did a special double album for the 99 World Cup. And unfortunately, the 99 World Cup was such a big deal in the UK that every man and his dog, including my record company, went on holidays. So there was just no record company support at all. Right. So there was no kind of point of sale. Let's, let's you know, put him on the front counter with a little small display. They sucked me down, you know, three floors down mm. with Monty Python and all these other, you know, comedians. Yeah. Um, so mine was like a timing thing, you know, like I was there for the World Cup yeah. and I'm doing interviews and stuff. You need to be, you need to have some point of sale. You need to, oh, that's that guy we heard about. So, no, from a PR point of view, great tour. Um, you know, I didn't have to explain to anyone who the I was or what I did, mm. but from a sales point of view, disaster. But all your albums, though, were they all available over there? Like, just generally speaking? No, none of them. So none of them were over no. there, they're just, it was all they're like, all, they're all, all guys, guys coming out for school boys. they'd buy some copies, what? take them home, make copies for their mates. Journos saying to me, mate, Loved it. Literally, one night I sat up, made a hundred copies. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They're telling me as if I want to hear this. You know? Would they think, sell right? it? Huh? Would they make the copies and sell them? No, just, just give it to people. Give them out. It's almost worse. Just somehow. give it to people. You know. So it was like they think you want to hear that. Oh, yeah. Did you sit up and do a hundred copies? Thanks, mate. Where's <laughs> yeah. my invoice book? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I reckon. I mean, the population of the UK was about sixty-two million. I reckon my bootleg audience in the UK would have been more than my genuine audience in Australia. Isn't that crazy? What's the, do you have any idea as to why, would you, were you aware that anyone gave a f***ing England firstly, but also like as a record company, would they be like, we should be trying to sell this overseas? Like, no, is there the, ever an opportunity to do all the of The boss of my record it? company in Australia was a POM and he liked my stuff. He really liked it. And he said, uh, you know, I'll send you over there. He picked up my flight and hotel bill and whatever, but he was working in Australia, so he really didn't have a lot of control over the at EMI UK. Right. Who just, they just, like summer, you know, they went on holidays and just left me hanging. Yeah, okay. Scout. So, I mean, you know, the, meeting Richie Benno on the first day that I arrived was great because it gave me an anecdote for the whole three-week tour. Because <laughs> um, <clears throat> I did a few interviews in London uh, the first one being at the Oval with Jonathan Agnew and that was the day, you know, I'm waiting for him and there's both of them and Viv Richards and Boycott and all these people walking around and I was a bit nervous. A few heavies. And then, you know, there's Richie. I just, you know, had that voice. Yeah. All right, love. All right, I'll see you then. <laughs> and I'm thinking, is that someone doing me or is that Richie? And it was there he was behind a tree <laughs> on the phone. And I'd never seen him head to toe. I don't How long have you been him. doing it for at this point? Nine, did you say 99? 99. Hell, and you've no, never no. seen Never him. met him. Never. So what's that, 20 years? Started in 84. Just so that's 16 years. Yeah. Um, and I'd never seen him from head to toe. I'd only ever seen him from the waist up. How, <laughs> he, that, was he Sitting tall? in the uh, he, CCP, he, the Central Comedy. How big Comedy. was he? <laughs> uh, taller than I thought. Um, and uh, had glasses on. For some reason, the mobile phone looked like a foreign implement in his hands. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And so he starts walking back to wherever the f he was going. And I've said to my PR guy, 
there's Richie. Oh, I said, are you going to say good day? I said, I've never met him. He said, he did a head snap. What, you've been doing this for 16, never met him? I said, no, I'd spoken to him on the phone. And he said... Isn't that wild? 16 yeah. years. I never met him, but I spoke because I sent him copies of the record, you know, attack being the best form of defence and sent him platinum records, invited him to piss-ups and stuff that he... Respectfully declined. Um, and uh, so... And he, he said, he, this guy said, you haven't met him? You haven't you're going to say something? I said, I have to. Mm. I just jumped in front of him and said, Richie, <laughs> some things you can't put off forever, mate. It'll be Birmingham. How you going? And uh, he basically ha- had my hand and stayed on the move. <laughs> yeah. and oh, no. Yeah, 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 was yeah, almost, yeah. was almost moonwalking away from me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thinking, well, I've got to be polite here, but really, if I stop, it means we're going to chit-chat. Mm. Uh, and I don't really want to do that. <laughs> Either that or he genuinely had to get back to the uh, CCP. Yeah. Well, he uh, may have. He may have, Do you exactly. have the, do you have the uh, bone on? Uh, he, yes, uh, he did have a bone on after he met me, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so he was sort of, you know, moonwalking away from me and said, oh, Billy, uh, what a strange place to be... Uh, seeing you, uh, which of course it was. And I said, yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, what are you doing over here? And I said, well, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm here to spread the word. Take <laughs> <laughs> so the mickey out of you guys. <laughs> oh. Um, and then it was one of those struggling. He was struggling to think of it. He said, I think we were supposed to meet on a golf course sometime in the past. And I had no idea what he's talking about. And I said, oh, my God, I'd love to have a hit with you one day. Well, uh, from what I hear... Uh, You'd be uh, much better than me, or some reference yeah, to yeah, me yeah. being a good golfer. Again, I'm <laughs> I know where he got that from. <laughs> but anyway, off he went. And um, so that was my first interview in the UK. And then I was about to do a couple more interviews in London, fly to Edinburgh, because Scotland were in the World Cup for the first time ever. Mm. Uh, didn't have a sponsor, and I offered them 25000 Pounds to have the 12th man emblazoned oh, really? across their jersey. I've never heard that. And I still have one of my treasured possessions, the letter from the Scottish Cricket Board, <laughs> politely saying we don't think it's we don't think it's the right way to get the young people into the game. <laughs> well, that's, well, the yeah, way. that's exactly the Absolutely way to do it. He's also got just in terms of like prize possessions, is it do you have your folder of like great emails that you send where it's like, you know. Yeah, the like, email hall of fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got an email hall I've of fame. I've got the email hall of fame. Who's and, in the um, hall of fame? Who's in the half? Hey, who's, who's in it? it? Oh, just record companies and stuff. People who f***ed up. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, from the depths of your abysmal ignorance. What the f*** are you doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, but, you know, so I, you know, I lob into Edinburgh thinking, they're not a cricket town. They're in the World Cup for the first time, but sure enough, we're going to BBC Edinburgh. Mm. And this guy just says, well, we've been laughing at him for years and now finally we can put a face to the name. Every one of them was just like a welcome mat, you know. Mm. They all knew who the f*** I was. Do you do you look at, like, the, the, the old brigade, like Rabs and Richie, obviously, like, and you compare that to the commentators running around today. Is there anyone that you... You look at and you go, I could take the piss out of them. Or is it different now? Um, I was just, to have those, you know, Richie, Bill, Tony. Like those Chappelle, three in particular. Chappelle, yeah, those, those three in particular. But even Chappelle with that uh, kind of uh, monotone uh, 
<laughs> thing. Um, and uh, you did a pretty yeah, good Maxie, tubs as well. And Maxie Walker. Oh, Maxie, Maxie Walker. Maxie like he had a big smile on his dial the whole time, yeah. And you know, and they'd go to, they'd come back off a story, you know, a surfing story on Wide World of Sports. He'd go, yes, you know, <laughs> tired of living those fellas. Um, you know, he'd always have some one line that he's worked out. But they they were just manna from heaven. Those guys. If you had a, a penchant for taking the piss out of voices like I did, for those guys, I mean. Yeah, Kerry Packer revolutionised the game of cricket, brought us all back to the game, coloured uniforms, lights, different angles and, you know, player comfort metre and all that sort of shit. Oh, know. <laughs> you know, Booney with the, <laughs> was one of my favourites here. <laughs> We've got a different way of uh, doing the player comfort, gauging the player comfort this season. David Boone has been kind enough to come over and help me. Thank you, David. You're on it, now, David, if you wouldn't mind just loosening your strides for me while I <laughs> slip the hand down and feel the moisture content of that jockstrap. Well, you can see it's very moist and sticky and damp down there. So what happens when we give it a little squeeze? Oh! <laughs> was that, was, were you ripping off shit they did at the time? Like, um, not squeezing of balls, not obviously. <laughs> no. I'm aware of that. I just found but, the player comfort meter. But were you, so stupid. But was, yeah. there, but was there a player comfort yeah. meter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's one of their one of Channel Line's first technical. That's what I'm getting. At. Yeah, one of Channel Line's first technical innovations. Like, you know, what can we do? Well, yeah, play a comfort meter when you're out there. I'm thinking, yeah, tall, lanky Craig McDermott mm. is going to be the is same comfort. Is he going to be the same comfort as tubby little <laughs> David Byrne? I don't think so. So, a player comfort meter is such a subjective size rubbing thing. together. Oh, like, yeah. exactly. Yeah, a few spots and pimples and rashes around the genitalia <laughs> area. Pimply, spotted body yeah, rashes. <laughs> spotty body rashes. So, I just, you know, Tony would have all these gauges, you know, showing the player comfort and the, where the wind's coming from. And well, I just thought, you know, let's update the technology. We've got a totally new way of uh, gauging the player comfort this season, David Byrne. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, have him. And then I invented the scrotometer. Scrotometer, the alligator clips. They just clip onto the uh, scrotum of the player, and yeah, a bit of blood there, but nothing to worry about. <laughs> and, and there's a rash detection centre. Beep, beep, beep. There it is, going off now. And um, so I just kept taking the piss out of the the player comfort meter. Uh, it was just another layer. Not only the voices mm. and the names. I mean, I. The names, you know, back in the day, Pakistan, a lot of Australians were being introduced to Pakistan and Indian and Sri Lankan cricket players' names for the first time. Unless you were a diehard, you know, journalist or cricket fan, mm. you didn't know Safras, Nawaz and, uh, you know, Ejaz and all, most of their names ended in R's. So that's when half a dozen Mars bars and Idra fast cars and, <laughs> you know, and all that sort of shit. And, and that's what I started doing. So that was just... You know, the combination was do Richie and Bill and Tony and do their voices as best you can, create the sound of Channel 9's cricket coverage as best you can with crowd mm. uh, and, you know, ball hitting bat and all that sort of shit. Uh, do the silly names, have the boys swearing their heads off as if it's the most natural thing to do. Mm. When the, very, <laughs> the very first thing was, you know, welcome to the MCG for this vitally important match. And uh, the uh, Benson Hitters World Series Cup between uh, Australia and Pakistan. A uh, beautiful day for cricket here today, although a mass of thick black clouds was hovering over the MCG 
just before the start of play, and then f- me if they didn't just disappear. Yeah. So it was just like so everything everything starts off the crowd and everything. Yeah. It just Typical sounds like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But people, people, when they heard that first record, they looked, thought they, were, which was great for me, they thought they were listening to Richie Benno. I had the original music, and then I created which was free, right? Like, wasn't that? Yeah, one that yeah, wasn't you know, under... it, was, it was one of it was a library music. Yeah, it wasn't like somebody's it was library music. Pay, so. I had to pay the guy some royalties, but not not a shitload. So when people first heard the record, they thought, "Oh, f- that I'm listening to Richie Benno because everything was quite normal. You know, the way Richie usually intros a game, yep. sounded like the, the atmosphere sounded like a game. And then, did Richie just say, f-? um, so, but I, I, um, I was thinking the other night, like, what would Richie have, would he have demanded that there's some kind of kitty warning? If you're going to have players like De Kock and Root and Head, <laughs> I mean, you know, these are R rated names. Uh, I know the players can't help it. Uh, it wasn't their fault they ended up with names like that, but, uh, you know, he was caught by De Kock. I mean, <laughs> not the sort of thing you want to hear on a broadcast. Listen to All Talk with Hello Sports, Tom and Eddie here, and we are talking to the 12th man, Billy Birmingham. When you did the first one, did you know it was good? No, I had no idea. I just thought, you know, it was just because I used to do it sitting around the lounge room watching the cricket. With you know Philly Deemer and Rod and like mates, and because we loved it, because we loved the new Packer presentation. I still say to this day, nothing you see on TV, T20 World Cups, or one day series, wouldn't have happened if Kerry Packer hadn't done what he did. Yeah. So we used to sit around going, how good is this? You know, like no one had been watching cricket between 1970 when we left school to 78 when it started. Mm. You know, it was just black and white coverage on the ABC, one camera locked off at one end. Isn't you know, that bizarre? It just really wasn't no, must-watch no, anything. It wasn't must-watch at all. Tests and didn't really watch no, them? No. I mean, you'd, you'd hear it on the news yeah. and stuff, but it was just... And um, so all of a sudden, you know, through a bit of Hollywood that Packer put into it, we were all watching the game again. And um, so we'd sit around the lounge room and I just said, did anyone know that Richie Benno had this kind of voice? Because <laughs> I certainly didn't. Um, and, you know, we, always, we were sitting there laughing and then... His voice is I just It really is just, you know, one out of the box. And um, <laughs> I started doing him in the lounge room with just my mates. You're going, welcome back to, you know, because you had twos. I just love the way he said two. And um, marvellous was his adjective of choice. And then, you know, I started doing Tony Gregg because the South African accents always had a... I've always been interested because it sounds like they're making it up as they go along. It doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Bill Laurie, oh, God, God, he was just, yeah, everything was just, you know, f***ing missed the outside edge of the bat by six. You got him, yes, oh, gee, that was close. And then, and then Bill had so this. So one-eyed. Oh, and he had this, oh, lots of luck. Yeah. He let a lot of loose deliveries down the leg side. He used to sort of swallow his L's, you know. And so there were all these, all these little nuances and things that, Everyone had, uh, you know, Bill just going off his face. And Victoria, of course, he just used to be so biased. Yeah. Shane when, when Warren, the hero. Big move, big yeah, move. <laughs> get him up here, I want to boof him. And, um, and then, uh, you know, Chappelle, we just provided that. <laughs> who, did, who did you find the hardest to nail? Because I think your Tony changed quite a bit. I did. Your Tony did, changed On the first record, I used so much electronics on my voice to try and make it sound like him. Mm. And the other thing a lot of people don't realise is how different uh, they all sounded back in 78 compared to how they developed and right. sounded in the late 80s. Okay. 
Uh, I mean, Tony sounded like like Rabs when you hear old Rabs calls. You know, even he you like, when I like you, like we had the some family videos updated, and you can hear you and Mum when we're younger, and you're like, oh, your voice is yeah. just changed. Yeah. like they just so so Tony had a much more squashed voice, but I hated the uh, first Tony Gregg I did on the first Twelfth Man single in '84. Uh, because I, I did so many electronic things to it to try and make it sound like him. Because um, all I had was the hard, fast, start, broad vowel, you know, mm. South African sounding things. I didn't actually have the tone of his voice, if you tone of his voice. Um, <laughs> but thankfully, the way his voice changed in the 80s and 90s made it easier to do because he got that cadence to his and he smashed that one very hard it's going straight out about it da 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 and da 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 he had this sort of melody to everything he said <laughs> and uh so i found it yeah i found it easier to do him and of course i loved putting you know glenn mcgraw really has mastered the art of fast bowling in the last year and a half nothing mcgraw ever does is half-hearted it's just you just lace the script with everything. and it just you know it hides a multitude of sins like people just hear you know hard fast marvelous and i think he does he sounds like tony Drake, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, he? doesn't sound like anything like him. With, with things like when you would talk about the sri lankans in their little blue uniforms like is that shit just random or is there like is there is there little elements of truth? No like elements of truth. Jokes? Elements of truth. You know these little Sri Lankans. I mean Tony, who's eight foot ten, was. Um, you know he used to he used to actually say these little Sri Lankans. They oh, really? really are. You know, and um, I mean these days, I mean you probably get shouted down, wouldn't you, for calling them little Sri Lankans? Yes, but, probably. But he used to. They loved. I mean Tony used to crap on a bit about, you know. They're looking smart in their, smart. <laughs> looking very smart in their blue uniforms, and uh, <laughs> I just—it's funny though, just hearing Eddie as well. Like he's like not a closet twelfth man fan, but I didn't realize how much of a twelfth man. Every time I'm not closeted, I'm no, no, not closeted in the sense of like we sit there there. and like yarn about it ever. But like in your car, it's playing all the time, and then just hearing you like <laughs> ask these questions, I'm like, yeah. I don't even think about those things. But it's these a good question. I don't like that. And then I mean that gave that produced that thing about talking about the uniforms looking very smart and their dark blue uniforms and then the Aussies looking uh, very nice too in their canary yellow and then Bill canary yellow that's Australian gold my friend and don't you I mean it's just one of those just a random line that the <laughs> Aussie public hit, yeah Aussie public just so many people in social mediums are canary yellow that's Australian gold my friend and don't you forget it the other night boys the other night just getting back to Silly names mm. being part of, because you know I couldn't do that these days. The cancel culture would be all over me like spots on grandma if I just <laughs> if I just developed if I just created the twelfth man today yeah. in two thousand twenty-two. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard this racist shit? This but I think doing? you'd have. It's funny though because you'd still have. I think there'd be a vast like I reckon the majority of people would still like it, but the the loudest people. Oh, yeah. Would, yeah, there would, there would certainly be a, a small yeah. number of people with loud voices. Oh, absolutely. Would be, the, the, the woke would army would, would come out and without thinking. Is he saying anything about race or creed or culture? Or is he just around with words? He's actually just around with words. But mm. we really should object to it anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, at the, when I was watching a game the other night, I mean, there was a guy playing called Hard Dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Hard For Dick. Pakistan, I yeah. think. Arsh Deep. Yeah, these are Indians. But these are, Indian, and people, Indian. so I get people texting me going, "Did you make these <laughs> names up?" And then, 
And then I was only paying, <laughs> half paying attention to that same game mm. with Hardick and Arshdeep. And then all of a sudden, I hear this guy say, Indian, one of the Indian commentators, he said, Shut up, Khan! <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, what did he just <laughs> say? <laughs> and I had to bloody wind back. The guy's name was Shut Up Khan. S-H-A-D-A-P-K-H-A-N. Shut up, Khan. And I just thought, hell, you know. It's getting too easy. I was just getting... I don't know if he took a catch or did something. The guy just said, shut up, Khan. Oh, Hell, man, you know, you're in Australia. It doesn't mean you can... Um, <laughs> and, you know, I thought of his brother, Sasha Khan, and hey, you're a Khan, I'm a Khan, a bunch of Khans. Um, but it was, just, it was just one of those... It was already funny enough for me thinking, mm. you know, getting texts from people going, you heard these names, Hardick and Arshdeep and whatever, and then, shut up, Khan. <laughs> what did he just say? S-H-A-D-A-P, shut up, Khan, K-H-A-N... Just hearing it in the background, you yell it out loud enough, it sounds all kinds oh, of wrong. Yeah. You know? It sounds exactly like that. Is there? Have yeah. you got a name that's one of my favourite names you've ever done, and it sounds almost like it's almost uh, almost like doing you a disservice because of how creative some of them are. But it was just it's like the sim- most simple thing I've ever heard. And it was just Jim Shoes. Yeah, I know. I know. You always, you always told me Jim Shoes. It was so pure. It was when Richie. Yeah, Richie was berating him. He'd sent the boys. He'd sent the you know, when when was it when I'd taken over? I can't yeah, I think it was when, when Channel Nine had employed Billy Birmingham to do all six, seven voices because their budgets were tight. And Richie, of course, and the boys were apoplectic. Oh, and yeah, the, the, yeah um, and their petition. The petition. And he sends them down to Martin Place <laughs> to on a, you know to get a petition to have them reinstated. So you know he teams you know Tony and Bill up and. <laughs> Mark Nicholas and someone else. I'll and give you the shag of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Groovy, uh, baby. If you sign this, I will shag you rotten, baby. Um, they, they called him shagging, apparently, after that. Did but they? anyway. Did they? Yeah. Um, but, Good Lord. But the, the, the scene was that after everyone in Martin Place just took the piss, you know, they all just signed all these bullshit names and Richie's going, you know, what the f- are all these bloody names here? You know, didn't you? Didn't you look? I mean, people were just taking the piss. You know, with, um, what was it? Was it Harry Dickson balls. Harry Harry Dickson <laughs> balls with the bloody hyphenated surname. And uh, <laughs> I can't even remember something else. What was some of the others, Tom? I f- mate, I couldn't tell you. I only just like I just remembered Jim Shoes. Yeah, I know, but just anyway, like, but one of the one of them was Jim Shoes. Uh, yeah, very because the other guys go, yeah, very funny. Um, and I always, it was strange because you thought. You Peter File. Oh, uh, yeah, Peter File. Peter File, that's right, yeah, Peter File. <laughs> and uh, didn't you read any of these names, you idiots? And for some reason, Tom liked Jim Hughes. It's just so simple. It was just so <laughs> simple. I was like, it's right, it's almost like right in front of your face when you hear it. You're like, it's right there. <laughs> this is All Talk with Tom and Eddie from the Hello Sport podcast. And we are talking to the 12th man, Billy Birmingham. What did you, how did you deal with fame? Becoming famous. How quickly did that happen? And like, what was your? Did it change your experience of it, or was it always pretty chill? Like, I remember you get recognised in the street and shit, but it was never people just. This is the other thing about you know, just it's all rolled into the, it's all rolled into the culture. I did very little publicity when I started 
um, you know, with the first record in 84. I didn't do the next one until 87, so there was a long time between drinks. You loved that. Um, yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> um, but then I got a real reel on. I did 90, I did Marvellous, and then 91, I did 12th Man again. 92, I did Wine Did so you do three in a row? Like, yeah. three in a row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was way too young. I know. I was exhausted. Um, <laughs> and um, so... The thing about the 12th man character is that people just always felt comfortable about coming up to you in a and the, and the the funny the funny thing is that if you saw Jimmy Barnes in a pub or a, or a you know, you're a fan. You go, oh, Jimmy, how you going, mate? Love your stuff. But you're not going to start singing K-San to him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know with me, yeah. they all start <laughs> sprouting out their favourite lines and feel comfortable doing it. Mm. And I felt comfortable having them do it because it was just such an easy thing to handle, you know? Yeah. I mean, you might get the odd prick, you know, if you find yourself in a pub at midnight. Oh, Billy! Ah, there, Richie Benno for me! Yeah, Fuglies. Yeah, exactly, like the Fuglies. Um, very rare. Most of the time, and I love this, people felt so comfortable coming up to you and just saying, oh, you know, an, an anecdote, like their favourite line, Got him, yes, piss off your route, marvellous effort, Dad. Mate, the only time me and my granddad and my dad get together is at Christmas, listening to your stuff down the back shed. All of these anecdotes and stories, um, they, I just love the fact that people felt so comfortable that they would come up to you and have a yarn, never any hassle, um, yell out car windows at you. Got him, yes, piss off your route, how you doing, Billy? And... Um, would you get that, a heap of that? Hey, would you get heaps? Of, like, if you if a record had just come out, was it? Yeah, was yeah. It but they're just relentless? but just great stories. Mm. You know, one guy said, "Mate, Billy, how you going, mate? Mate, I just we've just went up at Seal Rocks on holidays. You should have heard it. Yeah. Six different caravans playing six different parts of your record at once. Ah, uh, hectic. And I just That's thought, cool. what a great scene that would be. You know, yeah. you put into a. These guys are on yeah. the cricket bit. These guys are on something else, and. The, and everyone's and just giggling. He just said it was this cacophony of 12th man shit. Lovely anecdotes that people told. Just a warmth. There's an, there was an organic affection mm. that people developed for the 12th man. And that was a source of great joy for me, almost as much as the money I made. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, thank you very much. It's, you've been sitting here for a long time. We appreciate it. I have. I mean, we appreciate it's like it. I've known you over time. I know this. I've gone into overtime and that'll be reflected in my invoice. <laughs> What's time and a half. Is it uh, <laughs> time, and yeah, half. time and a half. <laughs> time and a half. As it, as it pertains to Hello Sport, we've been doing this for six years. But there was, and within with complete, with good reason, a time where you didn't even, you never listened to it, right? No, because it's, you know, it's just I didn't know what a podcast it. was. No. Is there, is it weird to see your child going to, not the same thing, because I, I also... I reject any comparison in the sense that you're a comedian and I'm just a dribbler doing what we do. Oh, is mate, it, I'm second. Is it a weird? Is it a weird thing to see your child get into a similar? Yeah, I mean, not weird, not weird. I mean, you know, you like to think that you like to think that your sense of the absurd and silliness has been imparted in some way mm. um, on your kids. You know, because it wasn't like it wasn't like I. Uh, you know, when I'm in the studio or making a record, then I'm silly, and then I'm home. I'm you straight know, up no, Mr. Conservative. No, certainly um, not. So there was silliness and stupidity around you guys all the time. 
uh, you know, you and Bonnie and Will. Um, so the fact that you guys, I mean, you know, the way the Hello Sport potties just taken off. I mean, it's been a crash course for me in what's a potty <laughs> and, uh, you know, like how does it work and what do you talk about? And then I, I think the first time, about it, a little over 12 months ago when I was mining your house and I didn't That's have a TV in the bedroom. Yeah, he was angry we didn't have a TV in the bedroom. pissed off. So anyway, I'll, <laughs> I'll binge on this potty and I lie in bed with the headphones on having a listen yeah. and I just thought, I sport. It took about a Three quarters of an hour to get to any sport. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about, you know, everything from bloody toilet paper to just anything. So many millions of topics you guys have covered that have got to do with sport. <laughs> which obviously, you know, people enjoy. Because um, yeah. a lot of it's just, you know, topical shit that people think about, talk about, know about. And so now I'm stoked the way that you guys have taken off. It's great. And, yeah. You know, going down to the footy with your... Brookvale Oval, you know, no one knew me. He's from an Eddie. I thought Will was Eddie. Well, it was funny when we well, played. I thought go- Will was me initially. Oh, yeah, initially. And then yeah, they yeah, go, yeah. and he went and shook Will's hand. He goes, I just want to shake the hand of the great man. Yeah. And was- Will goes, I think you're talking about him. And he goes, I don't know that. Like, yeah. the guy just blanked me and walked off. No, Will loved it. It happened a couple of times. They thought Will was one of you. Will was, was re- getting stopped at the footy the other night. No, I know. It's, over there. it's like when we played golf <laughs> and there a couple of blokes, like, sort of halfway into the- I think we got a- we got notice at the start, maybe. And then halfway through it, we all got notice. He turns, he goes, still. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, this pensioner still knows me. Or didn't you see something? <laughs> when you were at the shopping centre near your house and some guy was wearing a Manly 13 plus, and yeah, you I stopped him. Oh, I stopped photo. him. Dad sends me a photo of just a guy. I and know. I'm like, yeah. who the f- is a random guy? Goes, I was just... Bill sent me. I was like, a random that was like the proud dad, you know? Like, I saw this guy, hey, hey, can I get a photo of you? He said, what? I said, yeah, my son and his mate, they do the Oh, it's Tom's, it's Tom's dad. It's Tom's dad. Um, yeah, so I took a shot of him and sent it to him. That's funny. Oh, I love seeing all this stuff. I love seeing the, you know, the 13 pluses in the crowd behind the kicker. Mm. Yeah, um, it's nice at Manly. I love, I love it. I just, in the crowd. Thank you very much for um, coming on. Boys, um, I am very proud of you both and I am really stoked um, at, especially being, you know, I grew up in, like, in main media. You know, you were free to air TV and then pay TV came along and, you know, standard FM radio and AM radio and whatever. Um, didn't know what a potty was no. 12 months ago. And just the organic nature of your rise to the status you've achieved makes me very, very proud of you both. And uh, before I tear up, <laughs> I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.